Hey guys, welcome back to the Move, Eat and Re-Energize podcast show where we sit down and have conversations with interesting inspiring legends about mindset, movement, nutrition and bringing more energy into your day. In today's episode, I catch up with Sally Carter. Sally is a member of our Warrior Women's Coaching Group. I stay at home mum of three kids, wife to Scott and also has a business that helps families find their vision and mission statements and get them on a path from path to where they want to be. And I found this chat really interesting and started making changes to our own mission statement and our vision from just chatting to Sally on the phone today. So I think you're going to get tons out of it. Have a listen, let me know what you think and share it around with your friends. All right, so I'm here with Sally. Sally, say hey. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Um, We're just going to talk about today about her... um, new mission basically so sally can you tell us a little bit about who you are your fan bam what it is that you do and what i mean about what your mission is thanks chris um so my name's sally um i'm a 34 mum of three and a loving wife to a beautiful husband so i have three children i have two sons and a daughter who are eight five and three um so i um kind of thought about a mission and, and a family in terms of um, myself first. So um, I'm really passionate about the concept of when you need to fill others' cups, you need to fill your own first. Um, obviously, with my children in school and with kinder, I have the opportunity to speak informally with a lot of different women. Um, and a theme that I found to keep recurring was the fact that people feeling, I guess, um, depleted, depleted in lots of different ways. So say depleted in their energy, uh, depleted in their attitudes, I guess, you know, just when you have those days, but one of those days becomes two or three. And um, yeah, and sort of when you have conversations, they drop off or pick up, but those conversations centre around um, those things. So to me, um, it was about trying to change um, my mindset, um, and to be really, I guess, specific in being able to do that and very purposeful in doing that. And that's where kind of the idea of the um, family vision statement came about. Yeah, so it's kind of like, because um, I think they always talk about having that big why for what it is you want to do. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I noticed, and you probably have too, is when you become a parent, your why gets blurred. You go from having yeah. your why, which was super personal, but then your why changes and you're not really sure what, how you want to like what the target or what the focus should be to make you show up and do what it is, whatever it is you want to do. Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, I can definitely relate to that. And it's something that two, two ideas that come from that for me, Chris, is that um, idea that um, I don't know if anyone's seen the, um, it's kind of an image about, uh, the comfort zone, and so you've got your comfort zone, the circle, it moves out into the zone of proximal development, which is your growth area, and then out into panic. So it's sort of like three zones in a target shape. And I find that what I've found, and for myself personally, that when you become a parent, you've, you're in your comfort zone and you've made a decision either consciously or unconsciously um, to, have a, to have a baby and to have become a parent. Um, and that movement from that comfort zone into that panic zone or into that growth zone is um, not deliberate and it's very, it can be quite jolting and quite confronting. 
Um, and that's where, as you're mentioning, you know, that why becoming blurred is that I found for myself and for the women with whom I'm speaking who have become mothers, um, that, um, that things go really quickly into panic and a loss of identity. You know, you definitely become that child's mother and you kind of lose things that you were doing for yourself out of practicality and out of necessity. Um, and it's about, I guess, finding your way back to that identity and finding who you are again in your new role as mother and being able to, I guess, with in terms of filling that cup, being able to um, do things for yourself without feeling guilt. And, you know, mother's guilt is a term that gets thrown around a lot. Um, and, you know, I'd really love it not to be and for people not to feel guilty about doing things for themselves in order to move out of that panic zone back into growth or comfort zone. And, and um, you know, this comes down to a lot of attitudes about, you know, people to each other, etc. But, you know, just about you going back to your family unit and again back to that family vision statement where you speak with your significant other if there is one or even just have a conversation with yourself, you know, about what you want for your children or child and um, how you as an individual fit into that as well. Yeah, you know, cool. and so what you want for your children and yeah. So how would you so tell me how you would sort of if you were sitting down with a, a family or a mum, how would you talk talk yeah. them through creating a family mission statement or vision statement? Yeah. So as you know, you know, that why question, you know, that we're speaking about. So if I was talking about that family vision statement, I'd ask them why. Um, research has shown that when you ask someone why something, as in like why they are doing something or why they want something, it normally takes four or five times after that question to get really through to the real answer as to why. Um, and so for sort of three, I guess, main areas or two, I guess you could boil it down to, you would look at, it would be the behaviours that you're acting upon um, are they serving you or not? So, you know, in a way, we kind of do a little bit of a stock take about what the behaviours are at that moment in time. So, you know, we look at um, your daily behaviours of, you know, sleeping um, or not sleeping very much, depending on the age of your children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, um, and then you sort of checking yourself in the morning as to your levels of energy. And do you have behaviours that are able to re-energise you at that start of the day? You know, um, I have definitely have nights and I'm, I'm fairly confident to say that you have too, where you're watching the clock waiting for that, you know, sweet relief of morning to come because then at least you can start the day. The night's finished. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. you can, um, you have some mark of the day beginning. Um, and so obviously the, the vision statement comes at different stages you know, all the families are in different stages of their journey, whether they've got teenage children, whether they've got newborns, you know, whether they're through um, a toddler haze, you know. And so, yeah, looking at, you know, throughout your entire day, the behaviours that you're conducting, the lifestyle that you want um, and moving towards that. So it's kind of the best self, I guess, approach into yourself personally, but it's also towards who you want to be in your family to be in a year's time, in two years' time, in five years' time. Um, and are you are you living that way now to to be that? Because that time's going to come regardless. And so, can you actually say that you are, um, you know, actioning things that are going to put you in that position down the track where you want to be? Yeah, that's cool. And so, the, 
And then, so basically the vision statement or how you would find it, you're finding their point where they are now, their point A, mm-hmm. and then and, yeah. where they want to be. And then you build a path to get from one to the other. How do you go about exactly. creating their path exactly. or creating their journey? Like, what is that? How do you figure out the stuff that they need to tick off daily or every week or whatever? What's your process? Exactly. Well, as you just mentioned with the daily and the weekly, it's about breaking it down and breaking it down into manageable chunks. And it's also, it's flexible. You know, um, I know for yourself with a CJ rubric, you use a traffic light system where there are red light days, there are sort of that amber light days and the green light days. And similarly with working towards your vision, um, there are some days where regardless of your intention, um, you can have certain dispositions on that day. I mean, and these can really be affected by things like hormones, like yeah. things like your diet. Um, you know, I had a conversation with my sister on Sunday, today, Thursday, and on Sunday she'd come over and then she phoned me later and said, are you okay? You know, you were very subdued and I'm not used to that, <laughs> <laughs> which I took as a compliment. Um, and it was literally just what my um, what my intake was and I knew that, you know. I said, oh, look, you know, It'd been post-Easter, holidays, chocolate, you know, just eating whatever. And I um, said, look, I know that that greatly affects it. So it's about looking at the, the whole person, I guess. And in a sense, I look at it from the mum um, and because I am one, I guess, so I, most, um, I easy, most easily relate to that. And so we look at going, okay, um, in a week's time, what would you like your day to look like? You know, if, yeah. if your day's the same or, or what's a perfect week for you yeah, um, cool. where everything runs exactly how you would like. Um, what about a month? Um, we also kind of touch on, and it depends on the person, um, the financial aspect as well, because I find that can be a major stress for people. Um, and so being able to plan out a way that um, I've, I recently um, have been reading The Barefoot Investor. Um, yes. And for me, that was this. Yeah, you want to know it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a good book. Yeah, it is. And, and simple, which is what I loved about it. And, you know, it, it, I found like it, it's able to be applied to people regardless of your income. So it's about percentages. And, and so, um, you know, using that as well so that you can feel like you have that balance in your life as well. You're not just, you know, living day-to-day, you know, pay-to-pay. And so, yeah, looking at it holistically, looking at at the lifestyle that you like, if it is also um, image-related. So this is kind of another area of the comfort zone growth into panic that happens um, with um, having having children is that um, your body image changes because you don't look the same anymore. Um, and, And about you know, loving the body that you're in and about looking at it as um, as a vehicle for your life and as, you know, are you able to live your best life in the body that you have? And if you're not, what would you like or need to do to be able to change that? Um, and that's kind of where it comes to body positivity as well. Um, you know, there's so much um, in media, especially social media now, um, about changing your body um, and it's almost a, um, if you don't want to change your body and you're happy with it, you're an anomaly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, 
and you would, I'm sure you can relate to that. Obviously, yeah. Working in the industry that you're in. <laughs> it's hard and it's just, a, um, it's a poor aspect of the industry at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, and that's something that when I came across, when I, yourself, Kristen, the CJ rubric, um, for me personally, it's the first time that it's not a six week program and shred this and burn that and, you know, bikini this you know it's about these are strategies that you can use long term for good life um and not in a way people think oh i'm going to be on the diet for my entire life (laughs) but um it's we're all eating forever you know so let's um let's do it with as much information as possible to make the best choices um that we possibly can because i think that um that also affects the way you feel about yourself is how you um how you feel about your body so um yeah so with our vision statement like for for my family you know we look at um yeah perfect day perfect week month you know we look at Scott and I sort of forward project the ages of our children and that's not wishing anything away and this is a concept that I've become really um passionate about and that's about contented growth so the idea that um, sometimes there's a perception that if you want to change things, you're not happy with where you are. Whereas I prefer to think of it as that I'm really happy with my life as it is and, you know, appreciating and being grateful for everything that I have, but also still wanting to grow and to fine-tune and to, you know, make things as amazing as they possibly can. And so, you know, we check in with our children Um, and with each other about, you know, okay, so when they are, what, 10, 7 and 5, what's life going to look like for us? Um, Because, you know, for example, they will be at school, so that will change, you know, the dynamic of, um, you know, I've been a stay-at-home mum for the last 7 years, 8 years now, Um, and also, you know, with a background in teaching, I've been able to do days here and there and, and have a contract and things like that. Um, and so, you know, so that'll shift right now for families, which will shift obviously our financial situation, you know, um, but it will also shift the home dynamics too. So, yeah, just being planning forward for that and saying, okay, well, when everyone is at school, okay, that does um, allow me to be more active through my days in terms of financial contribution, but also it minimises the time we're going to have together. You know, we're going to have that sort of, three hours after school or whatever, five days a week and then the weekend. So about, you know, being selfish with our time as well, wanting to be with each other and also with a village around our kids too. Yeah, that's super cool. So it's kind of like you're building or you've got a compass of how you're going to go moving forward in your life. And what I find is people sort of, they do these kind of tasks or build a statement or build a goal or any, something like that. But it's not flexible in a sense where they do it and they think that's just it, I'm just going to do it and sort of neglect a lot of things on the way there. So like you, you like mm-hmm. James Clear stuff as well and like the four burners theory and everything. So how yeah, do you yeah. keep flexible and like when obstacles come up, how do you move around them and things like that? Cause like no path is direct. Like you nearly everyone yeah. knows it's just yeah. stuff <laughs> comes up, everything like shit hits the fan every now and then. And then, so how yeah. do you keep flexible and, adjust your goals or move a little bit to the left, move a little bit to the right to keep moving forward? Yeah, we probably more strip it back. So we start from a core value 
um, yep. which is so say with the four burners theory where you've got you know family friends health and work um, for us family would be our first priority you know so we sort of break them up into priorities and then strip them down and it's funny you say that about you know hitting the fan in the first week of the holidays um, <laughs> we all were able to get the get the gastro bug and so um, for us you know just was right back down to basics you know um, and again, not feeling guilty about, you know, we weren't taking our children, you know, to, on these amazing external adventures outside of the home because uh, what I've found and found, you know, through my work with teaching students and also in seeing a, a wide range of children from a variety of cultural and social, the, um, social economic backgrounds um, is that children just really appreciate time um, and also freedom so just to let them play on their own um unregulated in this you know as in not giving them tasks or activities to do so when um say when they come home from school i kind of like to let them do what they want to do and watch what they want to do so you know they've got the basics of you know lunchbox uniform etc um, but then just let them choose what they need and say for example last night um my son who's in prep he really needed a lot of physical touch you know and so i also like the five love languages as well and yes, so trying to them watch yeah yeah and see what they're needing um he's really um hands-on so he loves sport he loves you know can you come play stuff with me in the backyard can you come play with me and um and that physical touch so um, obviously having the direction that we want to go, but then also knowing, okay, so I, I had things that I would, I would normally do at that stage of the day, um, but that came second to him in that moment yesterday. So, um, and being okay with that, you know, not being so, I guess, tied to the to-do list that if it doesn't get done, that you don't feel like that you've, um, that it's been a failure. And just, I guess, having... Um, you know, as you mentioned, moving to the left, moving to the right, having a lateral view of um, of the direction that you're going so that you're seeing all and encompassing all. Um, and, and doing that with him and doing that connection with him, you know, um, I was reflecting upon it later with Scott and we were saying, you know, look, he just had two weeks of kisses on tap, hugs on tap, you know, any attention he needed from us. And he's gone back to school and all day that's been taken away you know from him so yeah. this is his way of you know and there was a meltdown and he didn't just come up and politely say no no I need a hug right now can you just hold me you know there was a massive meltdown and you know um very upset and a very emotional uh break from it so um you know and in saying that you know I do need to remember and you know my beautiful mum reminded me of this you know where I am at in my stage of the journey with creating this um if this was five years ago, I wouldn't have been ready for this. You know, I didn't necessarily have this in my, you know, view. You know, three years ago, I had, you know, children that were much younger. You know, what were they, one, two, and four or something, which sounds crazy and it was. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's funny what you, um, when you reflect back on, and I think it's, you know, as much as you like to look forward, it's important to give yourself props for what you've done in the past too, you know, and what you've gone, you know, what you've gotten through, I guess, in that sense. And, um, yeah, appreciate appreciate where you are and where you want to go and where you've been. Yeah, it's like I was talking to, like, like I said, like, look at where you've been 
and like give yourself props for whatever's happened because it's like like being a parent is even though people try and prepare you for it it's just a crazy storm at first i was talking to my mate yesterday and he was like there's that period from birth to when they go to school it is like the hardest time to juggle everything it's like everything changes and you've got to try and learn this whole new system and then they go to school and all of a sudden when you had no time you've got all this time to try and do new stuff again. So it's like a one to five, like a five year period <laughs> where life is just crazy. But if you have more kids, it can ex- like stand outwards. But everything is just. Yeah. Like, and like you were talking about with your son, like with the going back to school and then like all that, the freedom and all that kind of stuff was taken away. And then they come home yeah. and they're like, oh my God, I just need to, like that needs first wants, like how we talk about in that coaching group you're in. And these first yeah. ones, and like yeah. with kids, I use their analogy all the time. When kids go to school, they have to sit down and be this type of person in school because this is what everyone thinks a kid needs to be in school. And they're basically yeah. just doing these, 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 these all day, and then they come home and they just explode mm-hmm. and want to just do something they want to do, which is we are the same as parents, which is sort of like mm-hmm. how we have to show up as a parent and we have to show up as a person, it's like so. You got to clean your kids, make sure they eat well and they're healthy. Then you got to clean yourself, dress yourself, clean your, and make sure you eat healthy. And then you got to, if you got a job, you got to do that and all those kinds of things. How do you balance your needs and wants to make sure you keep showing up? Yeah, see, that's um, it's an interesting concept, isn't it? And like as you're just saying, going through, how do I balance my needs and wants to make sure I keep showing up? Um, I probably. I think now, and it, it does definitely have to do with the age of the children um, and how, you know, what you're saying, that first one to five years. And so for me, where I could actually pinpoint it first started for me would have been probably two years ago, maybe three, so not long after my third baby, my daughter was born, um, and I started going back into exercise. Yeah. Um, exercise for me was like this, it, I didn't have to feel guilty about doing it because it was, it's healthy, right? So, you know, I didn't have to feel like, oh, this is so indulgent of me. And so I actually started running. So I always went back to netball after having each of um, our children because I love playing netball. Um, and so that was kind of my go-to. Um, and I had a team that were, you know, happy to have me back between having interested in recovery periods and things. Um, and then after I had um, my daughter, I started running and I just, Loved it, loved it, loved it. And I could have, you know, dissect everything. And so I had to work out why did I love this so much? And, you know, it was the fact that I was by myself. It was the only time that I was on my own. Um, it was obviously um, physically rewarding me because, you know, I was getting fitter and um, leaner. And also because it was tangible. So that was a massive thing for me too, where when I was parenting, there was nothing measurable about what I was doing in a tangible sense so i do it one day i do it the next day and it's either the next day to do again and the next day um and so but when i was running you know i could calculate a distance a pace a time um and so i would record it all you know so i used to keep journals i still do keep journals of um the exercise so that was my want i guess and that for me was able to balance out all my needs and so I had support as well in that you know if I got home and I'd I'd say oh I think I want to go for a run and he'd be like okay and he just knew that obviously 
I needed that, you know, for whatever reason in that um, in that day. And so that was probably my first um, goal set that I had kind of there that enabled me to feel like once I'd done that. And obviously there was all the, you know, physiological changes that happen with that, with, you know, happy hormones and endorphins and, and being able to... Um, being able to just feel good about um, in general, and so then now, now the needs versus wants. It's um, it's a bit easier, I think, in that um, the the age difference um, for my children, but also because we do have a purpose now in terms of for our family. So I feel like you know, um, even like you touched on with you know, nutrition and health. And there are times where that responsibility can be a little bit overwhelming in terms of being responsible for your children's health. I know there are a few mums that I am um, from school that were talking about, oh, you know, having to do school lunches again and, you know, thinking about what your children are going to eat and what you put in their lunchbox and, you know, what they, you know, obviously like any habit, it's something that you're doing repeatedly. So, you know, trying to get your children into good habits of eating and, um, and dinners and having that responsibility can again be overwhelming at times because you're responsible for blueprinting these people for life, you know. Yeah. So it's uh, it's full on. It's like a with um Theo and we just went through well he went through Easter, the Easter period and mm-hmm. it was like people left, right and center offering chocolate and stuff. And like eventually, yeah, we're going to let him eat chocolate and choose which way he wants to go with that. And then hopefully teach him balance around it. But yeah, the pressure of like mm. saying no to people and like flat out, like instead of eventually I just got to the point where I was just like, nah, and just, <laughs> just sort of shut it off quietly and just made <laughs> it point blank. Like this is no yeah. just the reason why we can't tell his reaction to yeah. it yet. So like you said, yeah. like the, the pressure of you know, blueprinting, mm-hmm. exactly how you said it, blueprinting a child is huge. And then there's that, like people can feel a disconnect if they maybe aren't eating the same way as their kid or what is the right way to do it and things like that. It's super challenging. Like people, like I can, you can sort yeah. of see how people can sort of freak out about all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's um, part of, I guess, planning. And so um, I I meal plan for my family and that's for my own peace of mind. And I can look at our, you know, food over a week and then check that there's kind of balance there, you know, between different proteins, vegetables, you know, fats and carbohydrates, you know. And so, and that again, I remember having this conversation with you about, you know, I don't know what to eat because there's so much out there, you know. Oh, vegan, yeah. paleo, high fat, low carb, you know, small amount, you know, and not knowing um, what the, um, what to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, knowing where to go with it. And I think that's where, um, like yeah. you were saying with, like with meal planning and how like there's so much information and there's no way to, mm. for especially parents to filter it for their kids. Like there's, Mm-hmm. basic guidelines but they're still pretty broad on what their kids should eat and even for themselves but everyone's different like no diet really works for two people it can to a certain degree based on calories but unless you can stick with it long term it doesn't my theory is and if you can't do it forever it doesn't didn't work like it worked for a short period you want to be able yeah. to take it forever that's my kind of theory with stuff if, mm-hmm. if 
when you're trying to learn something, you want it to spiral out into everything else you're doing. So why would you want to do something so short and then drop it all in the end? But um, that heck check, like yeah. we were talking about before we press record, heck check, which I learned from Jay Teeter and Metabolic Effect. Like since we brought that into the coaching group, I think that's changed the game for everyone on trying to figure out their own blueprint for food, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And just for people that aren't aware, like it's hunger, energy, cravings, checking yeah. in with those things. And it's interesting because I know we've also spoken about intermittent fasting before and about, you know, people saying things like, oh, but you don't eat breakfast. Um, or, and no, I'm eating breakfast, but I'm just not eating it at 7am or at 6am or 8am. You know, I'm not eating it in the morning. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's not breakfast. You know, those concepts around food and breakfast not having to be cereal and milk, you know, um, that breakfast can be frittata or, uh, you know, meat and salad or, um, yeah, and having that, I guess, giving yourself permission. And, again, that's that blueprinting um, where, you know, our parents gave us um, – the best start based on the information that they had. And when they had it, it was about you didn't eat fat. It was all low fat. And um, the way foods are processed is different now, you know. So having a, um, you know, a muesli bar now is different to what a muesli bar was in the 90s, you know. Yeah, different, exactly. Um, you know, technology around processing food. And I find that especially when I'm at work, um, children's lunch boxes um, can be quite um, process laden. Um, and so it's about um, the families, the convenience, you know, and about the expense as well of food yeah. and their own education, you know, and how aware they are of um, their education around food. You know, I watched a movie called, or a documentary called That Sugar Film. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or not. yeah, and it's about those sugars within food that we don't even realise are there. And so... Um, but yeah, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so if you're, um, if you're not aware of those things, we're all doing the best we can at the end of the day. And that's something that, you know, um, I've changed in, in my profession, you know, after becoming a mum, um, in terms of just, you know, pretty much removing all judgment, <laughs> uh, because that's what people are doing. They're doing the best job they can. And as you say, you know, since learning about heck in check and about being able to, um, you know, being able to check in with myself and my body and say, well, how am I feeling? Am I hungry? Because if I'm not hungry, why am I eating? And if I'm hungry, why aren't I eating? You know, do I have energy? And, you know, we spoke about that at the beginning, didn't we, about, you know, with yourself for the day, if you aren't feeling energised, what practices can you put in place that will restore that for you or elevate that for you? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, cravings definitely, I think, is a massive one. And like you're saying, if you can't do it for life, then um, – then it's not been successful and that's where you know um people might eat a really low calorie diet for a while but the cravings will be massive or there'll be a binge in a little while you know it's kind of a cycle yeah and like the way we use like that one to ten scaling and like if you fall anywhere like for especially hunger and cravings if it's if you're super high in like that seven eight nine ten range where you got heaps of hunger and heaps of cravings there's a there's you are falling off the wagons coming because it's just natural. Your body will make it really hard for you to do any kind of nutrition plan where that's high and then tweaking it yeah. to learning how to tweak and like add more protein, add more veggies, add more fat or water or whatever to get that heck in check is generally 
move how you will move forward and then what most people don't talk about is like how you like you would know with hormonal changes how your nutrition changes with that as well mm-hmm. and that's a massive part and i know that you've been doing a lot of research into that around hormones and you know a female cycle etc um and you know I know in myself, you know, you get those those parts and accepting it with a again that lateral view. Yeah, of you're not failing, you know, if that um, you know, if hormones, you know, dictate certain things at certain times. Yeah, exactly. So, I want to start. Let's go and move into what your day week looks like. So, the podcast mm-hmm. is movie Reanalyze. So, what do you do for movement? nutrition and re-energizing yourself every day and through the week what's it sort of a day by day look like for you All right, i'm going to start with re-energize because that's where i start off yeah that's <laughs> good day. um and so habits that um that i've implemented since being part of the coaching group um and um and exploring the figure rubric by the app etc so breathing is a habit that so i um i set I set an alarm in the morning and so I um, even though sometimes I have little people in bed with me so I don't get up when it goes off, um, I will start my re-energized habits there. So I'll start with um, like box breathing, square breathing. Um, I, will, um, I will visualize my day and how I want my day to, you know, sort of check through the needs for the day and then the wants for the day. So... What are things that I want to do that I know will give me a, a positive outcome for the day for myself, you know? Um, and then I um, will either do a hit workout in the morning or a mobility stretching for the day as well. Um, and while this is happening, you know, my children wake up around 6 a.m. And so they, um, they're up around me when I'm, when I'm doing that. And so, you know, they're either doing Lego or I'm, I'm reading while I'm doing it if it's, you know, a mobility stretch day. Um, if it's a hit day, they'll join in. Um, and so um, that's a really nice way to start the day with them because they're happy. Like, they're so happy to see you. Every morning's Christmas for your children when they wake up in the morning and see you. Yeah. Um, and so it's just trying to match that energy sometimes with them, which is, you know, easy to do when you're aware of it um, and in that moment, in that moment with them. And so... So that's sort of my energizing in the morning and then, you know, um, end of day um, looks pretty similar, um, but also reading and also cold showers as well. So I use cold showers as a re-energized habit um, before I go to bed. Um, and then for, um, what were the other ones I've forgotten? Movement. So with movement, you know, as I've just mentioned there, and then also, you know, um, of an evening if I have a run planned or if I have netball run, um, that'll normally be my move. So I sort of try and, I guess, move in the morning and then, you know, if the day goes a bit pear-shaped and I feel like I've still um, had some quality in there um, and even just being mindful of it. So even if it is a very brief, you know, yoga-type stretch mobility, um, I still feel satisfied in that and not like I haven't worked out for the day or I haven't moved for the day. Um, there's a lot of kind of just walking and incidental movement that I get throughout the day as well. So trying to get, you know, that 10,000 steps um, and also carrying, etc. cetera. Um, and then for eating, um, I'm very, um, 
I guess well, some would say fortunate, unfortunate. I could eat the same thing every day and be really happy with that. So I kind yeah, of have my, yeah. my, my basics. Yeah. And I remember, again, I've had this conversation with you before, you know, like I grow, um, we grow vegetables in our garden. And so I have a lot of rocket and spinach, which are my kind of go-to vegetables. I remember saying to you, is it all right to eat them all the time? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, and you kind of said about that, you know, when you've got your fallback, reliable, but, um, but you will be able to explain that better than me about that having those meals. Yeah, the the holy shit meals where yeah. life gets yeah. super crazy <laughs> and you're like, I know I need to eat to be the best version of myself, but I want to eat pizza. So what can you do that's mm-hmm. super quick? And like, I think yours is like similar to me where it's like, what, what protein have I got? Like what's in the freezer or fridge that I can get cooking and done in five minutes? And then usually for me, I have a big bag of spinach always in the fridge and I just... Put, fill the plate completely with spinach, have some kind of like fatty dressing because I know fat works better for me. So I have like a nice fatty dressing and if anyone wants to try one, birch and weight herb and mayo dressing is amazing from Safeway. But anyway, I put that on, put the, put the protein, whack it on and that's it. Proteins, fats, veggies and that's my holy shit meal. And that's the meal I default to nearly every time when, especially in the first year with Theo, that was my default lunch. Not so much dinner because Cat's like total opposite to us too, where she's a variety person in training and in food. She likes lots of variety. If she does the same thing two days in a row, it can like derail her for like yeah. a, like a week or more. But for me and you, we mm-hmm. can probably do the same training and the same food every day for a month until we like feel like we need to change anything. Um, yeah. yeah, I generally did it for lunch, especially because I was a stay-at-home dad with Theo. That was my like quick throw it together. Shit, baby's crying. Got to eat it. Get done. Move on. So everyone, like yeah. sort of like that yellow light, red light, green light thing. And like with your day, you can see how you'll set up your day in the morning where you're, if you show up as a red light, you've still got your habits in the morning where you tick the boxes for movement, nutrition, and re-energizing before the day really starts. Yeah. So you're always getting those things in because as we all know, those things make you feel better in the long run anyway. No matter how bad the day is today, doing those things makes you feel better tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's, I'm just thinking, you know, like you were saying about Theo's first year and just how um, the journey's so unpredictable uh, and like to have that reliability in those elements um, yeah. can really help bring peace and clarity in these other areas that you can't control and that are completely out of your yeah, zone of influence. Yeah, it's kind of like, when I was talking to Darren last episode, and it was this stoic philosophy and things like that. And they stoicism mm-hmm. is, they just keep bringing it back to like always focusing what is in your control. When you focus on the mm-hmm. stuff that's in your control, you're generally happier, your mood's better, less depression and less anxiety because you're just focusing on the now. What can I do next? What's the next thing that I've got control on? And yeah, with like that was hard at first with Theo because when he, I was, a listicle guy, I had my days planned like out to like every 15 minutes and just did everything and then Theo come and tried to do the same thing and just just went berserk. Like it took me about three months to figure out how to change the way I did stuff. And it was still like I knew I needed to do stuff in my control, but I needed to let go of control a bit as as well to fit Theo in because it's not like I could go down and work on the computer and have the cot next to me shaking him trying to get him to go to sleep so it's kind of like 
Yeah. So yeah, that then that's where that red light, yellow light, green light, like what's the base minimum? Like even with the stuff you were saying with you, the family mission statement and stuff, when your family's having a rough time, like it's holidays, but like you guys had and you had gastro, you had a red light plan, like do that. That's your base yeah. minimum and that's yeah. you can still show up and tick the box. And then you got the yellow light and which guess, where everyone lives. That kind of normal stress. For everyone. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. And everyone's baseline is so different, you know, like um, you look at people around you and you see, you know, where their children have different needs, whether they be emotional, whether they be physical needs um, with treatment or hospitalisation or, you know, you have people that have um, children with really high emotional needs. Um, and so their, their baseline for their family is completely different. And it's about, I think, that, you know, um, respect for each other and about where where your family is and where you want them to um where you want them to move towards and and also what's possible you know you don't want to set set goals or have a vision that um isn't feasible in a week yeah you know you don't want to set those pie in the sky type goals um and i mean again you know relating back to um to your area of expertise you know um people that you know I want to be a size this and I want to be that. And I remember actually, I'll use myself as an example. You know, I remember saying to you, we're talking about leanness. And at the time I was training for a half marathon and for the Eureka stair climb. And I was talking about my legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saying, you know, about wanting to target that area. And you, you know, kind of reminded me that, you know, when you look at what you're expecting them to do, you know, they're not going to be able to do what you want them to do. Yeah. With that, you know, that lean that aesthetic that I had a vision of, you know. Um and so yeah, being realistic, I guess, without being fatalistic about what's possible. Yeah, I like that. And it's kind of like the Dan John, which is like my man crush, you pretty much do all the training <laughs> based around these sort of teachings and he's like, pick a goal, get your goal, that's awesome. Now like what does your life look like when you're living that goal? And how does it affect the four burners? Mm. What does it look like when you live, mm-hmm. don't live in alignment with that goal? And then sort of like things like how would your life be if you don't like if you um, did part of it and not so much and things like that. And it goes through all these questions and like it's it's sometimes it feels like overwhelming to figure out your goal. Like you're like, I finally figured out my goal. And then you got to ask yourself, what does your life look like living it? What does life look like not living it? How does it affect family, friends, all that kind of thing? But it's a, kind of a good thing to do because you want it to whatever you do you want it to spiral into everything else you're doing if whatever it is you do takes away from something else you eventually will find want your body and your mind will want you to find balance anyway balance is different for everybody like there's things that be up and down all the time but you if you go too hard in one direction it's sort of you get pulled back really quick and then sort of like and if you chase two rabbits at the same time, you'll go home hungry, that kind of methodology. Like with yours where yeah. you were doing heaps of running and doing the stair training, the stair climb training, and then wanting to lean, like get leaner legs as well. It's like one goal was overloading the legs and then the other goal was trying to like <laughs> reduce the muscle size in the legs as well. So it was like going two different directions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a good okay. analogy. I just and realized I- where time-wise we're right on it, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. That flew. All right, so let's go. We'll 
we'll do a follow-up and we'll keep going on with this because I reckon it's awesome. But where can people find you and ask you more questions? All right. So Facebook or Instagram are kind of my hangs at the moment. Um, so on Facebook, I'm at Sally Carter, find your happy. Um, and then on Instagram, the Sally Carter. Yeah, awesome. So feel free, send three questions. Uh, if you want more information, then that's where I am. Yeah, and Sally's also hangs out in all the Facebook groups I've got too. So she's always in there. So if you want to throw a post up, just tag her and she'll jump on and answer any questions. And what we might do is try and get a little step-by-step playbook on how to build your family mission statement so people can start working on that stuff now. Definitely. That'd be awesome. awesome. All right. Thanks, thanks for jumping so on the call. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you would like to share this with your friends, just share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, send it to them by email just so we can get the word out about our podcast. And if you want to learn more about heck, hunger, energy, and cravings and how to keep them in check so you can keep your results long term and learn about the big three for fat loss, go to our website, www.thecjrubric.com, and download big three for fat loss infographic and we will send you a seven day video course on how to implement this stuff and how to use heck to change it to make it individualized and customized for you thanks again for listening and tune in for the next episode